0: everybody welcome back to the podcast confessions of a creative director the original podcast made by a creative director for creative directors for people aspiring to be creative directors creatives of all types and really anybody who's just interested in learning how us crazy creative directors see the world what our experience is like uh yeah welcome the show is for you uh, I know it's been a long time, <laughs> lots of uh, fun and crazy things happening. I have finished the first sort of final, sort of semi-final kind of pass at the book. I'm going to start working with an editor here uh, shortly. I'm super excited about that. And since uh, we last spoke, uh, I have a new job. I am now vice president and group creative director at Inotion, uh, it's a great shop in Huntington Beach, California. I'm continuing to work for uh, my client Hyundai, who I've had the pleasure and honor of working uh, with and for, for like, uh, man, it's, it's probably coming on in like 14 years or so. So I'm excited to continue that work and uh, sort of be part of this new agency. As a matter of fact, I hope to have some of the other creative directors from the agency on the show uh, here soon so you can uh, learn a little bit more about an uh, ocean. On today's show, I have a very special guest, Jacqueline Rink Crowley. You know, I always joke that the show is sort of uh, part group therapy for creative directors. Well, on today's show, it kind of it kind of felt like that. She got uh, uh, first of all, she's very humble. Um, she was super honest, very real, vulnerable uh, almost, and she you can just tell a lot about her uh, based on one simple thing. At the very beginning of the show, before I even started recording, she said, well, hey, wait a minute. I want to learn a little bit more about you. Like, why are you doing this podcast? And I thought that was really telling about the type of person that she is and probably the type of creative director that she is. um, Because, you know, she likes to ask a lot of questions. And that's why she's the boss. That's why she's executive creative director of Anomaly, uh, as the name suggests, a really cool and Funky Shop out of New York. So without further ado, let's get into it with Executive Creative Director Jacqueline Rink-Crowley. Hey, Jacqueline, how are you?
1: Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for uh, making uh, the time to join the podcast. Sorry about all the technical Difficulties, but now you are an IT wizard. Yeah, you can solve any challenge. Yeah, and you were able to join the uh, join the, the Squadcast thing. Good. Yeah,
1: glad I could get my microphone to finally work.
0: <laughs> yeah, it 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 happens, right? It's it's the uh, the age that we're living in with all this uh, technology and Zoom and you know video meetings and all that stuff. But um, so, in doing my research, I'm so excited to have you because in doing my research. Uh, guess where I started? LinkedIn, right? And as I was doing my my LinkedIn stalking, I just went through your uh, your resume. Bozell, then Sachi and Sachi working on Yo uh Miller High Life, JC Penney. Then it's uh, BBDO. Then it's Silver and Partners. Then it's you did some freelance work for a while. Then Wyden and Kennedy then uh, some more freelance time, and then now you're executive creative director at Anomaly. So it's like, this is like a a who's who of agencies that that you've worked on. What do you you think about that? How does that-
1: I don't know, actually. Well, yes, I have worked at a lot of places. Um, And I think that's ultimately been a really great thing for me. Actually, it's interesting you're bringing that up because- you know, now working at Anomaly, of course, I'm trying to recruit and get new talent. And and most people, when they come to an interview, are really scared to leave. I, right. I think most of the time, even though they know it's important, right. um, change is scary. And I've always been proud to say that I've made moves um, in my career, even when even when they scared me. I can remember um, leaving BBDO and literally crying in greg han's office like he's like well then why are you leaving <laughs> literally tears streamed down my eyes and i just felt it was time um yeah so i i am i am proud of that like i like new experiences and i like challenging myself so
0: um and has that been the main driver of, of these moves is it just you're like okay what's next i've done this i've done that i worked with these clients and it's like okay what's next or what what's been the the driving uh, factor?
1: That's a really good question. I'll tell you the I'll tell you the sort of pragmatic answer, and then maybe the more emotional one. Okay. Um, pragmatic. In order to really have that steep trajectory, usually you need to leave an agency, like right. to to get a new title, to to earn some more money. So that's that, and that's true, but then. I think the emotional side of that is I really value learning from new people. Um, And, and I I always say I I actually know nothing. Like when, when I got introduced at anomaly, I promise this will make sense. You know, Mike was like, Oh, Jack, she's here. She's going to make everything better. And I'm like, I don't, I'm the first to tell you, I don't really know anything, but I do know is the, tips and tricks and wisdom that other people have instilled in me. And so that I can share, you know, on my journey, but in order to know more, I need to meet more people. And so, yeah, some really scary moves in my career have been because I want to go understand the leadership there. So going from BBDO, BBDO to Silver and Partners, was a really scary move. It was a startup as compared to like BBDO, which is a safe space, right? Right. It's big. But I really wanted to learn from Eric Silver because he has done some of the best work, right? And not that Greg and Mike and Lubars hadn't, but I felt I had something to gain, Um, just being exposed to some different brains. And I definitely got that from Eric. Um,
0: But but I have to imagine that, and I appreciate (laughs) the... um you know, the, the, the humility, but you've probably taken all those things that they've taught you and you've probably put your own spin on them or you've, or you've kind of said, yes, this, but I look at it slightly different. I mean, I can't imagine that you haven't put your own stamp.
1: I guess that's true that, I mean, I think we all bring, um, not to sound like, I don't know, a dork, but we all bring our lived experiences and our insights into the work. So that part for sure, you know, I, I like to to wear my heart on my sleeve and put that in the work, but it's funny, like there's my art teacher growing up used to say over and over again, there's no new art. And right. I kind of feel that there's no new advertising. There is, there's iterations of it and there maybe is cultural context implied or put on the work. Um, you have different photographers, different directors that come in trend that help influence, but ultimately, I don't know. I don't know if there's right. new ads. Like,
0: yeah, I, I agree with you, and that's that's something that I I'm, I'm writing a book based on all these on all these podcasts and interviews and stuff, and everything really is a remix, right? It's a remix of something. It's a combining of two things. Um, so I, I, you're probably like me, and it drives me nuts when clients say, "I want something that's never been done before," or yeah. you know, it's like, well. I hate to tell you this, but it's all been done and (laughs) it's, you know, we can do, we can do remixes and we can bring things together. Yeah. But typically when you do try to do something that's never been done before, it goes right over their heads or they don't recognize any part of it. It's none of it is familiar. So it's scary to them. And then they don't do it anyway. Oh my God. Right.
1: I guess that's true. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's funny. Um, I always admire Creatives who reference from like books or movies, but I've just never had the attention span, honestly. So I reference ads a lot. Yeah. And it's like, God, you're a hack. Like, but I'm like an <laughs> encyclopedia for ads just because it's always been my lane and fits my attention span. Um, but then, of course, it's like, hey, client make this ad I'm trying to sell you and do it because look at this old ad <laughs> that
0: did right. well.
1: now I'm sounding terrible it's not quite that bad no
0: no no but no. yeah
1: I, I see your point that's funny
0: so tell me a little bit about anomaly and sort of what is the you know I, I took a look at it and I and I like the I like what I what I read but tell me give me your take on what you guys are all about
1: Wow, that's fun. Uh, well, look here, I can't say what we're all about because I've only been there a year. Um, okay. And there are some founding partners who I really admire the heart and soul um, and the idea behind Anomaly, and I'm just learning it as I go. Um, what I like about Anomaly is <clears throat> I don't feel any sense of... Um, it's the word hierarchy. Like, hmm. I feel like I can walk into a room with with leadership and honestly say how I feel and what I'd like to do differently. And I've ne- never experienced such an open mind to hmm. what I have to say or how I think. Um, it's also my first time being in ACD, so it might be right. some of that. But there's no... Um, there's nothing precious happening. There's no ego that needs to be um, massaged. There's no... Right. I'm not falling in line. I'm actually there to make changes and it's appreciated. So I really... That part I've really loved. Um, and I think that is the name anomaly in a weird right. way. They strive to do things differently. And I think that that's not just fluff. I think that's real. Um, so that's what I've really enjoyed about my time there. Um, it's a bit of a daring spirit to, to try and make things change.
0: And when you, and, and in terms of like the things that you guys make and the things that you guys do, what are we talking about? Obviously ads and, but are there some other things that you guys are working on new technologies or, you know, different types of content or, tell me a little bit about the sort of the stuff that you make. Cause it also seems like you guys are open to, to do just about anything.
1: I know. And that's something too, like there's an entire group of innovation team at anomaly. I mean, they've helped launch dosist. Um, they take a, a client and I say they, because I'm not intuitively with this group every day, but we, we could take a brand, like STEM, right? Which mm-hmm. is, they don't, they need ads, yes, but they also needed package design. They needed comms. And we actually are making and um, influencing brands in much different, non traditional ways. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it, it has been interesting. Sometimes I think it's a little overwhelming, right? Just because I think a lot of clients, want a specific thing when they right. come to an agency. Right. So what we're getting better and better at is identifying does the opportunity look like, you know, right. which humans at anomaly best fit, uh, the problem that needs to be solved. So I just like the fact that there is that diversity in the department. Um, I haven't really seen that before. Uh, it's exciting.
0: So, if I'm hearing you correctly, do you do you feel like sometimes because my dream has always been, and I think it's probably just that a dream, right? because I, I think you're right that clients are looking for specific things. But my dream has always been to to do kind of sort of what you were describing where a brand comes to you and says, "You know we have this problem or or we have this business challenge." help us solve it and you say okay you're going to take a bunch of information and you're going to do a bunch of research and you're going to come back with a solution and that solution may be an, an ad campaign or it may be some kind of really cool you know csr initiative or it might be you know redoing their socials or you know kind of like we'll figure out the the, the creative output we're sort of agnostic of the channel but it sounds like maybe that in, in your mind maybe that's not really the way it works or no
1: it is it is the way it works i guess my my provocation is really holding asking the client rigorous questions when you're right. on board you know right. like what is the right solve and guess what we have the people who are going to do that um sometimes i think you know it's funny i don't know if you're going there in your question but sometimes i don't even know if they're ready for piece oh, Of yeah. landscape, you know?
0: No. Like, um, I think they think they're ready sometimes, but then when you present them with what you think is the, the solution or what you know is a the solution, they're like, well, oh, hold on. I thought we were going to do this, right? Right. Uh, and I yeah. think
1: I think with Anomaly's history of being not just creatively minded, but data-driven and strategic and having this sort of innovation... Uh, group oh I guess that's the best way to put it. We do we do or we are really able to guide them into the right place. But I think it's the questions that you need to ask first that are super important. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. And and sometimes I and I wonder if, if you found this at other at other agencies where sometimes I've experienced this where sometimes, you know, people within the agency don't want to ask too many questions because they feel like, well, we're supposed to be the experts. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yes, but we, we need as much information as possible. So I've, i you know, it's, it's been, it's happened to me sometimes where, you know, folks on the account side or, um, you know, sort of on the business side, so to speak of the agency would be like, well, let's not ask too many questions because we're going to piss them off. Or we're going to seem like we don't know what we're doing. And it's like, no, that's that's kind of ridiculous, right?
1: Oh, my God. I have not experienced that. I'd be kicked out of that room pretty quickly. I'm, I'm pretty annoying when it comes to that sort of thing. I feel like I'm sort of thoughtful uh, to a fault. But... I mean, if you need me to get in that room with you, I can defend your question I, asking. I, I, I might, uh, I might,
0: I might need you yeah. to, to put you on speakerphone. Uh, <laughs> not, not at the, not at, I have. I'm pretty new to the current agency I'm at, but in the past, it's been like, well, let's not ask, let's not ask too many questions because you know we're going to scare them off.
1: Oh my god,
0: we're going to, you know, it's like, well, that's that's kind of ridiculous. That but,
1: is ridiculous. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Um. So. Um how would you now let's kind of talk a little bit about you know being an executive creative director how do you define the role or are there certain you know analogies or certain you know ways that you think about it uh of this role because everybody has sort of a different definition i've heard people describe it as you're kind of like a caddy on a on a golf course other people have described it as sort of being an orchestra leader how do you how do you describe it
1: um I can tell you who a person I really admired and who I, I guess I would want to emulate in this role. Um, my previous boss at Wyden was Carl Lieberman. And what I valued most about his leadership style was his sort of casual let's all relax um, and let's have fun. Because I've worked at a lot of agencies where at times the, the style was stress people out to, to get the work. Um, and I think my role is to, to kind of keep it light, <laughs> you know? Right. I can't change a client's creative ambition. I can try. I can be positive. I can be... You know fun i can sort of cheer them on and try to get them to the right decision or what we think is the right decision um yeah but i i I, the thing that i can control is the outlook and the vibe um and so i think carl was always really good at sort of saying hey it's just advertising right it's okay we're gonna get this you know all you can do is, is is work hard and be nice So um, I think that's what I would say, which is a pretty, geez, I wish it sounded a little bit more strategic and smart. But I think right now, especially entering an agency post-COVID or still in COVID, now heading into recession, I mean, it's just an endless barrage of anxiety, right? And a, a little bit of a feeling of lack of control. Yeah. So... I just want to, I want to, I want people to feel good. Right. When we interact, I want to help them get the best workout. But I think the best way that I can do that is through, uh, it's kind of just think, being positive and being their, being their champion. You
0: know? Right. Which is, which, is, which is in my mind, um, you're creating a, a sort of a safe environment, a safe environment and a fun environment for them to, do what they need to do. And that's, that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you know, you talk about the vibe and it, you know, and maybe it's about championing them in some other way, right? Whether that's like, you know, fighting for them to get a promotion or you're, you know, fighting for them to, to get them on a certain project or, you know, making time to, uh, talk to them about their career trajectory or whatever. I mean, it's, it sounds simple when you say it, but it it, it 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 is hard, right? It is hard to kind of create. Yeah, that.
1: it it is hard, and I hope I'm doing that. I don't know that I am living that in some ways, being that we're all remote. But I I do think I and I hope that you know the teams that I see most often do feel that way. And by the way, like that mentality gets to results. They feel like when when Carl was ECD in New York, those were some of the most profitable years that agency ever had. So it doesn't mean it doesn't equate to not caring about the work or getting the work done or winning new business. It's actually the opposite. Um, so
0: and, and so did you so coming up, did you experience that kind of like, which I think I, and I think we're on this. I think we're saying the same thing. You know, did you experience that whole like we're working, you know, till all hours and nobody's leaving and all that kind of, you know, sort of
1: yeah. thing? Yeah, actually, yeah, I did. I feel like I've, not always, and <laughs> I'm definitely not going to name names. Right. I've worked in all sorts of environments, but I'll tell you that I was not producing my favorite work or anything really, I would say, close to good under those yeah. circumstances. And I think we're all different, right? Some people actually do perform best in certain Right. In environments but definitely not me i'm i'm a super sensitive insecure <laughs> head case and like the last thing i i know that i need personally is to feel like i'm coming up short at the end of the day and because yeah. my boss is making me feel that way um well yeah. you know no one's ever been outwardly mean to me but yeah i think we all know we all know the vibe um so and-
0: And that's interesting because I I totally love how sort of open you're you're being, and I think that that's uh, uh, pretty amazing. And do do you ever feel? Do you ever feel? Because I know that I'm I'm similar in some ways, and sometimes I feel like I share too much with my teams about certain things, right? And there's you know there's other schools of thought where it's like you got to put on a brave face for the troops, and you've got to you know you oh gotta do that and oh and God, totally and, but i I can't always do that because and I don't I don't know that I believe that, but is that kind of what you mean like you just sort of you know hey it's like
1: you're hitting on something that I'm actually personally wrestling with um especially this year like experiencing new challenges, different clients meeting their needs sometimes it's can can be frustrating all, you know, all growth and all change is frustrating. Um, yeah, I gotta, I actually don't, I think there's a time and a place for vulnerability and, mm-hmm. and, um, I, I definitely feel like it has to be reeled in, in front of the people who are looking to you to lead Yeah, because
0: So then who are you vulnerable with
1: you right now first time ever
0: (laughs) i'm like i'm this is like this like therapy like i mentioned i
1: i let i love to leave space for creatives to to vent but they need to they we all do we all need someone to feel like someone's handling it right and yeah that's got to be me. <laughs> so, um, but it's interesting. I, I think for me personally, that's something. You know, if we if we all try to give ourselves goals, I know I can improve on that. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of like if you noticed, like two people crying hard at once doesn't really happen. You kind of share who's going to do the crying. You know what I mean? It's
0: that's interesting. I've never thought about that, but you're right.
1: Yeah. And it's just, I think it's because as humans, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to carry this for you for a minute. Yeah. And it feels better.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I like, I like that, that, that idea, that visual. Um, So, so sort of related to that, right? So you've talked about, um, you know, COVID and, and you're in this, this, you're new to this role and um all that kind of stuff um but how would you describe sort of your process now you know given all those things and can you kind of give us a glimpse into let's just say you've got a new you've client and you're you know bringing the team together to ideate on whatever it might be can you give us sort of a glimpse at to how you might do that like what is your what is sort of your process?
1: Oh, well, feels like there's a lot of ways to answer that. Um, my process, I, as a creative director, like to spend a lot of time on the insight and like the positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that always bears the best creative versus. Mm-hmm trying to come in with your 30 second spot or your social post or like your partnership idea. Um, so I would rather spend like, say you have 10 days to solve something. I would rather spend seven of those days figuring out the insight right, and then three days on the creative.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, I th- I think because I think that you know the tactical part, the tactics nothing is easy in our in our business, right? But that's in some ways that is the easier part. The harder the harder part is that insight. Like what is that little thing, that little idea cuz once you nail that, then it then everything goes, you know, everything sort of starts to flow naturally, right? But if you can't get there, you can you can sort of fake it by jamming a bunch of ideas that may or may not be great, but if they don't have some kind of insight, they're not going to be successful.
1: Totally. But because of that, I'm aware that I really like to be around um, like reckless creatives because I usually come from a position of, the insight and what makes it smart, you know? Like that that really like is my safe zone and where I feel most satisfied. But when I'm paired with creatives who like to play it safe, it feels safe. So I think it's that weird, magical, wild creativity paired with like a really smart thought, Hmm. like that's where it happens so i like to find people who you know scare me um and then we kind of meet in the middle my old partner for many years her name is ashley she's now an ecd at martin we were like polar opposites for many years like she'd we'd be like brainstorming on fruit by the foot and she's like i think this spot needs to be delivered by an inchworm and i i can remember we were sitting outside (laughs) i was like why
0: was that it was hold on i want to go back because the name's ashley and you sort of started doing like a southern accent that
1: do do i well no you did
0: okay i thought surprising
1: that usually happens when i when i'm drunk but um yes she is from texas so it's funny you pick up on that she said she wanted it to to be delivered by an inchworm and i could not get my head around what like what she was talking about but I loved the way that she thought. And I think yeah. she loved what I thought the way I thought too. And together it felt magical um, what, what we could do.
0: So I want to come back to a question, question on that. Um, and I'm going to write it down before I forget. But so in terms of the insight, are you involving your creative team to help, develop the insight? Or are you working with somebody sort of on this on the strategy side to find that insight? De- I'm just curious.
1: It depends. I really love how to strategy at Anomaly. Her name is Laura Rowan. She's awesome. Um, so she's always gives, gives us something juicy. But I feel like the creative process is always taking it another step, you know? Um, right. So... Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a mixture of both.
0: Okay, so it's not a function of you working with, like, somebody in account planning or strategy or something to come up with that little pithy idea. It's really about this. Sometimes it's with them, and sometimes it's with your own, you know, creative team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not cool. not
1: not to not to put a dig on strategists. I've loved strategists. I think that's what I would have been had I not been a creative. But like, I feel like. I feel like creatives add, like, you know, that was what what Wyden sort of taught me. It's like, what are you saying with the work? What are you saying to the world with this work? How are you changing how someone is thinking? Like, and I like to think of it as like, what is like the, even, you know, what is like the holy shit factor about this insight? Like that someone's gonna be like, "Oh, oh my God, that was incredible. And that doesn't mean it has to be serious. Can be funny. Like one of my favorite spots of all time is um, Career Builders. It's time where it teaches mm. you. Uh, I think okay, who did that one? Um, Craig, I think Craig did that. But at one, but it was like, um, yeah, it was like teaching you when you know it's time to leave your job, and it was hilarious. But it like it left you with this feeling of like, yeah, oh, fuck, it was like such an incredible insight. You know? Yeah.
0: And that That is that's, so the inside is that there's one moment where it where it crystallizes and you go yeah. that's it I got to go.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally.
0: Um so the question I was going to ask you was because you you came up at you know on the on the um on the design the art and design side so you were paired with the writer right sounds like coming up When did that when did that split happen where you sort of at what point in your career and how, you know, How does that work? Because I never came up in that way. But I imagine it's got to be sort of a weird experience where you're no longer so close and attached to somebody else.
1: Oh, are you talking about Ashley?
0: Yeah, or whoever, right? Oh, my God. Uh, Well,
1: I'll tell you this much. How that ended was, well, we worked together for many, many years, and then we were like the tale of two widens. She went to go work at portland and we both interviewed out there and i just i'm a i'm a i'm a family woman and all my family's in the east coast so yeah i couldn't do it um and so luck you know luckily new york was willing to have me but um i mean i literally it was a pathetic scene she left I used to listen to "Bridge Over Troubled Waters" like, <laughs> on the subway platform, <laughs> just wondering how I was ever going to survive without her. I called. I call her Silver Girl. I'm like, but like, literally, I wrote a note. So long, so like, this is so dramatic. It's funny to even think about um, how devastated that split was. But I think we find, you know, going back to something we were talking about before. I feel like we find safety in other people, you know? Yeah. And when the people, and, and and especially in a creative field where you're putting your heart out every day and that person leaves, it was, it was, I was awful for a while, but yeah. I ended up working out and, you know, in the spirit of, of making tough decisions, I miss her dearly, but I don't regret um, not going to Portland at, all fucked yeah. out, you know. Yeah. So I guess you can't really follow people. You got to do your own, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your own thing. Make like your right
0: way. But but even as you become sort of like, you know, you're you're an executive creative director, right? There's not an executive uh, art director. In other words, you lose that pairing, right? Because now you're you're the you're the you're the you're the top person now. There's not a you're not a pair. So that's kind of what I was wondering, like, how does that feel to be sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah, that-
1: um, not easy is yeah. the short answer, but I think what what I found is I have my, my tribe in new ways. You know, I have my person I call every morning um, at work, Laura, just to make it not sound Creepy issues, <laughs> but like we, you find your new partner, you find your new people that are there to sort of gotcha. um, bounce things off of and help you um, make sense of your new role and, and all that's in front of you. So you just, you find your new outlets.
0: Yeah. I was, as I was doing again my re- my research, I, I stumbled on something and I can't remember if it's on you. When it's I think it's on one of your socials and it just said something to the effect of, you're in search of the big feelings,
1: oh. or something
0: to that effect. What does that mean? I, I loved it, by the way. Uh, Where did I put that? Oh I don't, no. I think it's like on your Twitter, maybe, oh, or- no. But I love it, and I. I there must be some really great oh, answer God. behind it. No,
1: the great answer is, um, oh my God. I am so corny. I think it means kind of what we were saying before. I like work that it has that undeniable, Mike Byrne calls it residue after seeing it, the big feelings. And I think what I think is interesting is everybody does. And when you show, like let's say your first rough cut and it's missing the big feeling, It's very clear. And the big feeling could be what the client wasn't even expecting, but it's so undeniable, right? Like the humor could be so pushed for like a certain client, but you can't deny it if you've laughed really hard. You can pick apart work when you've only chuckled or like when you haven't laughed that hard, then you start to sort of unpack what maybe change this or maybe lose this. But like, the up here big feeling is, I think, is the end all be all, right? Yeah. So, and I've lost my way in work sometimes. You like lose sight of what what were you trying to make someone feel, and when you lose it, you've kind of lost, you know, you've lost the work. Um, so, in work, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's also what I mean in life. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not religious by any stretch, but I did grow up in this awesome church with a very laid back pastor, and I loved listening to um, his sermons. They were yeah. like, it's a sermon. It's not the gospel. Gospels with the reading. The sermon. They were very like grounded in his lived stories of yeah life and i and i you know would get misty and yeah. i again like it didn't transform me into a christian necessarily but in that moment i was completely moved yeah you know um
0: so gross, cool.
1: gross association that i've just made to religion and
0: advertising. oh no, no. I totally but, get it. I totally get it. I'm with yeah. you. So you know what? I just made a note, right? Because I'm on like the quest for to to design the world's best creative brief. And I wonder if there shouldn't be a big old section right in the middle that says, "What is the big feeling?" Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as a guiding sort of light, right? And it's yeah. like, well, that the 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 idea didn't didn't answer or didn't deliver the big feelings or hasn't yet, anyway. But uh, I like that. I think I think it makes a, a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I guess you have to get consensus on the big feeling, which is tough. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> if it's in a brief, yeah. get ready for feedback. But
0: exactly, I know
1: that's the tough part, right?
0: Yeah. But uh, all right, well, let's take a quick little break and we will be back with more. I heard you say, I heard you refer to yourself as Jack. So do you go by Jack?
1: I go by all of it. But yeah, you can okay. call me Jack. It seems to be what people like.
0: I love it. So we'll be back with more from Jack Rink Crowley.
1: Thank
0: you. All right, and we're back. With Jack. Oh, that rhymes. I oh. should go into the ad business. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit, what, what's your experience been like as, as a female executive creative director, as a female creative you know, art director, every, the whole experience? What's, what's that been like?
1: Okay. Um, uh, at times, not great. Um, a couple things I have working against me. Unfortunately, um, not only am I, am I a woman, which you know I think that part is getting better. I'm short, I'm small, I have the voice of a child. Um, so these things are factors, right? They are. I don't. I don't. I don't scream power. Unfortunately, to especially to anybody who thinks of power or intelligence in a in a old school, like bunch of men around a boardroom way. So right. those are just things that um, I deal with. Um, I think, you know, I've had weird comments throughout my career that like, really have hung out in my brain and taken up space for far too long. I've had someone I really greatly respected tell me this was must have been in the early 2000s well yeah i don't know there's just not a lot of you know it was ash and i working together you you guys are good at this job You're, as women there's not a lot of great women in advertising it's like oh wow. my god <laughs> what is that even me and oh, i believe wow. i believed it right yeah um so it's it's hard you know and i and i think i think there's this this notion that well, hey guys we've cleared the way now the runway is here so come on hurry up you're here i'm not stopping you but the thing that we don't think about is the decades of conditioning that don't right that don't disappear overnight um i wasn't raised to think that my opinion was the right one in advertising that's just the truth yeah. Um, fortunately for me, um, <clears throat> I've also been told that I have a ton of um, opinions. <laughs> and I'm very loud and not afraid to say how, how I feel. I think that just is a part of my upbringing. Like with my, my family, I was always encouraged to say what I think. So that's helped. Um, but that's just the truth. And it's unfortunate and, you know, I will say hand over my heart. You know, I've also had wonderful mentors and people who brilliant people who have supported me and, and gotten me in the right rooms and helped my career. So I'm very, very lucky, but can't diminish some of the things that are just baked in my brain. Um,
0: yeah. And why do you think that that is? Because it's kind of like a systemic thing, right? Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Be- yeah.
1: I just don't don't always still don't always trust my own instincts, um, but you can't hang out there too long, you know, or else you're just deteriorate, <laughs> not get anything done. So, so I try not to. Um, And and I try to call out when I see it happening. Um,
0: And so do you actively – are you actively sort of trying to – and this this sounds – may sound corny or whatever, but are you actively trying to to change that in in the way that you lead your teams and the way that you empower your teams, whether they're they're male or female or, you know, are you trying to change that?
1: Yeah. And so – some of the things that I've been really trying to reflect on this year, and, and actually, even before I became an ECD, was um, you know, it's like now that all of these women are starting to take these leadership positions, <clears throat> how can we not just inherit the position? but actually actively change what it means and Mm. change the culture, Um, which sounds really trite, but actually I've been surprised at there's a certain amount of, of women who are doing these phenomenal things and changing the landscape. But there are also women I feel like who haven't been empowered to, Rethink it all and really question, like, why am I asking everybody to work after six p.m.? Like, why am I falling into the traps that were like created? A system that was created, right. an infrastructure that was created, an operated, operating system that was dreamed up by someone who doesn't have my values, you right? Know? And so I, I. I like to call it, I, I've been playing around with this idea and I've been meaning to write it, but I just haven't yet. It's called, um, I don't want your job, Richard. And what that means is when I get some demands that don't make sense to me, like get, Hey guys, I don't know the vendor, the vendor needs the layout by 8am Monday. So, um, that means we have to work the weekend. I'm like, mm, I think that's Dick talking. Like, I don't think that's real. I think there was maybe an industry created by a certain breed of individual, probably man who, who was running off of some weird version of what advertising had to be. Right. And I just don't want to subscribe to that. Like, and there's a difference, and as I as I've been, the reason I think I've been like hesitating to write my thoughts down on this, I don't want your job, Richard, whatever it is. Probably only five sentences at the end of the day. The, the hesitations I have are, I love work. Like I'm a bit nuts about work. I love, it's sick. Like I love sitting down at 8 p.m. and trying to crack something, but not because anybody's asking me to or making me yeah. feel like I have to, but because I want to, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference. Um, another thing I'm trying to work out is, um, you know, Richard, of who's probably like 1950s madmen style of advertising was post great depression. Right? So there was this sort of, probably I can only suspect feeling of providing and never having to go back there ever again. Like I, I need to earn, I need to make my way in this world. So there's, you know, it's not as, um,
0: I'm not trying to be a
1: jerk. Right. Right. Sure. But all I am saying is, as women rise into these leadership positions, we need to not just absorb what the rules we need to sort of interrogate them and decide, do they make sense? So I try really hard, you know, when there is a, a brief on the table or a request from our clients, I try to like, right size it right away and really interrogate. Okay, this one you might actually need to stay up a little late for, but most of the time I'm like, this is not a, this is, do not think about this at dinner. Do not do this on the weekend. Right. I don't want you to carry this stress with you. Um, And so, yeah, I'm I'm trying really hard, To just re-envision things and sometimes it works and sometimes it it doesn't because there's other factors at play like client needs sure um you know a pitch um that's just unwieldy uh but yeah i do try
0: well i hope you i hope you do write that because i think that it's something that needs to be out in the world and i think um i think it's you know i think now's the time to do it so i i hope you i hope you do it even if it's just even if it's just a linkedin article or a post or whatever just oh man get it get I'm, it out on paper
1: I'll, I'll try i i've got a major crush on writers i think writers are like ugh, i i love them and i wish i was one and 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 i think you know our directors and and people who aren't writers can get away with writing if they're really earnest in, in what they're saying, right? Because it's like it's got to be true and that will resonate with people. But man, I remember <laughs> I had some free time in between jobs and I had this idea of like how how do words die? Like golly gee, and like writing mm-hmm. their um, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Obituary? Yes. Or something?
1: Yeah. I'm like I oh! gonna write this it's gonna be great i'm gonna submit it to mcsweeties i think i might have spent (laughs) like maybe an hour and i'm like this is garbage i don't know how to write great idea (laughs) so we'll see more to come on on okay i don't want your job i'm gonna
0: keep i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep checking in and make making sure that you do that
1: all right okay
0: so now we've come to the that point in the show where we have to pay off the the title of the show which is Confessions of a Creative Director. And I think I have an idea of what you might say here, but what 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 is your confession? What 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 do you want to sort of get off your your chest?
1: Oh my god. <clears throat> um Confessions of a rec- Yeah, that's another one I probably should have put some thought into, huh? I guess I think i have nothing to get off my chest but maybe like to provide a little relief to anybody who might have gotten this far it's okay to um it's okay to admit you don't know when you don't know that's awesome and yeah i would say that it's a little bit it's endearing and someone can help you figure it out
0: yeah and that's what another one of those things that i that i've come across where you know, we can't say we don't know because <laughs> what will they think? And it's like, no, that's how we that's, we're coming from. If, it, if we really don't know, we, you can't fake it. And I, and I love that because I think more people and actually it's in the book that I'm writing is that you have it's OK. You, you can and you should say that probably pretty often. I don't know yet.
1: Yeah.
0: Or usually if you can put a yet on there, that's that's better. Right. Because it's like we don't know yet. We'll, yeah. We're going to figure it out, but we're not. We, I can't tell you right now.
1: That's great. Um, a little dash of hope at the end. Little,
0: yes. So I love that. Me well, too. thanks for, uh, thanks for making the time. This has been a, a great conversation. I feel like it was, a lot of people are going to, going to feel like they just popped in on on us having a, a creative director therapy session. So I, wow. I think it's a, uh, I think you shared a lot of, uh, um, great insights and just, you know, I appreciate your vulnerability and, and I thank you for sharing all that.
1: Oh man. Thank you. I hope I didn't say anything too embarrassing, but um, awesome.
0: No, you didn't. I you did appreciate
1: it. it. Thanks so
0: so let's keep in touch and, and thanks again. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. I'm going to okay. keep checking on that. I'm going to keep bugging you about that because I want to read that. Okay. Okay. Hope I don't let you Take down. <laughs> right, no, you won't. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. And there you have it, folks. Another episode of Confessions of a Creative Director in the Books. Thanks to my special guest Jacqueline Rink Crowley. What do you think? Wasn't I right? What a what a great conversation. Uh, she's amazing. She is so humble, uh, especially for somebody who's achieved so much. She's so real, honest, and I really appreciate that. And I really appreciated, by the way, her confession. Right, which I talk about on the show all the time. It's okay not to know. Uh, the answer to something. It's okay to say you don't know. As a matter of fact, I I have a whole section on this in the book. So I'm really glad that she paid that off. And I also uh, am super glad that she brought up the topic of, you know, being a female uh, executive creative director, how this industry, this business has been set up and, uh, you know, sort of Run by uh, white men for a long time, and I think uh, people like her are are changing it, and they're going to make it different, and they're going to make it better and stronger. So I really appreciate that, and and I hope she writes that uh, that article because I certainly will be the first one to read it. All right, well that's it. Until next time, peace, love, and creativity.